This is the ActiveX Back Show from Edinburgh, Scotland's vibrant capital. Hosted by award-winning registered osteopath, author and all-round pain guru, Gavin Routledge. If you want relief or prevention of lower back pain or sciatica, and you want to be healthier, keep listening. The following programme should not be taken as medical advice, but for informational purposes only. Friends, sufferers, fellow humans, lend me your ears so that I may whisper into them in order to ease your lower back pain and or sciatica. This episode is entitled How to Bend Over with Back Pain Sciatica. And in that title, I guess we hint at the fact that you probably struggle with bending over. Now, not everybody does. But the fact that you're listening to this suggests that you are someone who struggles bending over, so bending forwards. In the episode, you will learn why bending over is such a problem. We'll revisit the golden rule, use it but don't abuse it. What watching tobacco pickers 23 years ago in Zimbabwe taught me and the power of the hip hinge. So kicking straight off, why is bending over such a problem? Well, we don't need to get into this in any great depth. We don't need to know whether you have a disc problem or a ligament strain or a muscle strain or whatever it is. The fact is that when you bend forwards, your pain increases. That's all you need to know. So don't do it. End of episode. Woohoo! We can all go home winners. Wish that it were that simple. So... Bending forwards makes your pain worse. So we're tying in here with the golden rule, use it, but don't abuse it. If it increases your pain to do it, you should not be doing it, or at least you should not be doing it in that particular way. And as I said earlier, it doesn't really matter what the cause of that pain is. People tie themselves in knots trying to work out, and clinicians do as well, trying to work out whether you have a disc problem or a sacroiliac joint problem or a ligament strain or a muscle strain or whatever it may be. Your pain is sending you a message and you should listen to it. So if your pain increases when you bend forwards, don't bend forwards in that particular way. And while I'm on this subject, please, if you haven't yet, please go back and listen to our six foundation episodes of this podcast. They will set the scene. They will help you to understand in a mere hour, six episodes of about 10 minutes each. They'll help you understand how your back works, how pain works, how sciatica works, and are very much, as the name suggests, the foundation of our approach. So please go back, listen to those episodes straight after this one. Or maybe stop this one and go and do it now. Um, And within that first foundation episode, I cover this use it but don't abuse it golden rule. So if it hurts to bend forwards, don't do it. One of the first rules of getting better or rehabilitation is if you want to get better, don't do things that make it worse. Now... Yeah, let's go a little, I'll give you a little bit more value here. Why is bending over such a problem? Well, to get a little bit technical, when you bend forwards, you're stretching things at the back of you and compressing things at the front of you. So if we think about the spinal column itself, as you bend forwards, you're stretching what we call all the posterior tissues, ligaments, muscles, the back of the disc. These structures are all being stretched as you bend forwards. 
and you're compressing the front of the disc as you bend forwards. And for some people, their pain isn't so bad as they bend forwards, but it's worse as they're coming back up. And in the old days, when we thought everything was simple and life was easy, uh, I was taught 20, well, basically 30 years ago as an osteopathic student, if the pain is thus, as you return from flexion, so as you return, I didn't actually have a German tutor. I did have a French tutor. Um, so... If the pain is worse as you're returning from a bent forward position, we were taught that's because you're driving the disc backwards or the, the jelly part of the disc backwards and pushing on the nerve more, which increases your pain. Uh, and we all thought, whoa, so if your pain is worse coming back from flexion, from bending forwards, then it was a disc problem. Um, however, even as a student, I worked out that, oh, well, you're also using your muscles to pull you back up. And yes, you're using them to lower you down in the first place, but you're certainly using them to pull you back up. So I think it's maybe a little bit simplistic to say that if it's worse on the way back up than it is on the way down, that it's a disc problem. So you can ignore that. You can safely go with the theme that if it is worse when you do something, you shouldn't be doing it. You shouldn't be doing it in that particular way. So this is why bending over is such a problem, because you're shifting load, you're using muscles, ligaments, tendons to achieve that. If they are uninjured in any way or just sensitive, then you'll get a pain message, because remember, the purpose of pain is an alarm system. Go back to those six foundation episodes if that's news to you. So stick with the use it, but don't abuse it. Now, what did watching tobacco pickers 23, is it only 23 years? Yeah, 23 years ago taught me. So I was on a tobacco farm in Zimbabwe and um, the pickers were picking tobacco. And I don't know if they still do this, but certainly back in the day, they would pick tobacco by hand and you pick the bottom, as was explained to me by the uh, chief farmer, um, that um, or the owner of the farm, I should say, um, that you pick the bottom three leaves from the plant. They're the biggest leaves, and if they touch the ground, they're rot. So you have to pick them before they hit the ground. So in the harvesting time, as I understand it from memory, every couple of weeks you go round the same plants picking the bottom three leaves, big leaves. And the way they did that was the pickers would be basically bent double, uh, walking down the row, picking those three leaves, and they stayed bent double to the end of the row, and then they would stand up, arch backwards, and then they go back forwards into a bent over position. And they'd maybe do this for an hour, hour and a half before they'd have a break. And this, even to me as a novice osteopath at the time, I'd been practicing maybe ooh, five years or so, uh, struck me as kind of back-breaking work, and surely they all got sore backs. Um, but it turned out they didn't. Uh, a lot of them got quite sore backs when they started, uh, but uh, they, as was explained to me, uh, boss, you just toughen up. So, um, so you get stronger. But watching them pick tobacco, it occurred to me at the time that actually they have a very particular technique for bending forwards. They didn't actually bend their lower backs forward. So if you can, um, whether you're sitting or standing now, sit and stand up tall, put your hand in the small of your back. Ideally, there should be an inward arch there. We call it a lordosis in technical terms, so an arch in the way. 
And these people, the tobacco pickers, when they were picking, they actually maintained that lower dosage. So they maintained the arch and the small of their back. And they did pretty much all their bending by hinging, which we're about to come on to, hinging at the hip and with a little softening of the knee. So a bit of knee bending and a lot of hip hinging. So they were actually keeping their spines. They maybe did a little bit of bending through their spines, but not that much. Whereas when I watch people in clinical practice and I say, okay, let's see how far forward can you bend? The first thing they do is they bend their backs. And particularly if they've been to something like Pilates, they're often been encouraged in yoga to do the curl down. So where all the segments of the spine participate in that movement. Um, that is quite possibly a very bad idea for you. Uh, I'm not saying it is, but it may very well be. And certainly if you're going to do any great amount of bending and if you are going to try and bend forwards when it normally hurts to bend forwards, listen up. Um, don't do it by curling down. Yeah. So the last thing we want you to bend is your back. Now, that's not to say in the long term we don't want you bending your back. We absolutely do. It may just be in the short term for the first few days or weeks, we need to limit forward bending of the spine if it is painful. As it recovers, then we'll very much get you back into using your spine in all different ranges of motion. So don't take the message that I should never bend my back again. That is not the message I'm giving you. I'm just saying sticking with the use it but don't abuse it principle. If it hurts to bend your curl your back forwards at the moment, then so, the power of the hip hinge. Now this, if you're a Googler and you Google hip hinge, you may very well come across Dr. Stuart McGill. Um, hmm, doctor, I think his title is doctor. He's a professor of biomechanics at a Canadian university. Um, and very, very, you know, good researcher, published a lot on spinal mechanics and so on. And he's a big proponent of hip hinging as are your local power lifters and Olympic lifters. So anyone who lifts heavy weights in a gym will know how to hip hinge. So if you want to see it done well, hopefully uh, you can see it done well in a weightlifting gym. You can also often see it done very badly. So how do you hip hinge? Okay, so let's return to the standing position. Stand upright, lift, so I always cue people by encouraging them to start with their feet about hip width apart, almost parallel. So you can have your toes turned out a tiny bit, but not much. You don't want to be totally splay footed and you don't want to be pigeon toed with them turned in. Just feet facing forwards. And then lift your ribs up. Now this is assuming you are, as many of the people I have seen over nearly 30 years in practice, uh, a bit of a lazy stander and a slumper. I'd always encourage you to start by lifting your ribs up away from your hip bones. And by doing that, you'll start to engage your abdominal muscles. Give them a slap. There they are. So give your belly a slap. It should be reasonably firm before we start this process. Not rock solid by any means, but lift the ribs up away from your hips. Now, if you look down at your hands, which are in front of your hips, palms up. So you're looking down at the palms of your hands and your little fingers are touching your groins. Yeah, so palms up, little fingers, they're like chopping choppers. 
So your hands are like choppers, and you're going to use those, that border of your hand, the inner border, little finger and hand, to nudge your hips backwards. You just push into the groin area and push your hips backwards. Equally, you might want to think about there being an open drawer behind your bottom, and with your bottom, you're just nudging it shut. Okay, so nudge, nudge, that's you hip hinging. Okay, now as you come back from the hip hinge, as you bring your hips forwards, don't push them further forward. So don't go past standing upright. So you don't want you being arching backwards. Yeah, so you're standing upright, you're pushing the hips backwards, either to shut the drawer or using your hands into the creases of your hips, just to nudge your hips backwards. And that, my good friend, is a hip hinge. Now, if you've got a reasonable range of motion in your hips, you ought to be able to keep hip hinging. Excuse me while I push the chair behind me because I'm going to join you as we do this together. Um, you ought to be able to keep hip hinging to quite a range of motion. So that's me now hip hinged with fairly straight knees, not locked knees. I've softened them a little bit, but I've hip hinged to the point where my trunk is about, oh, at probably about a 40, 45 degree angle. Okay, and I can certainly get to that point without any great effort. Now, if you have sciatica, particularly if that is what we call neurogenic, so involving the nerve, direct pressure on the nerve, you may not be able to hip hinge very far without pain shooting down your leg. Um, uh, and you should avoid that. Uh, remember, use it, but don't abuse it but you can still hip hinge within the limits of your pain. So hip hinge as far as you can comfortably and try and make it a nice, easy action. So you're not tense in doing this because the last thing we want you to do when you're practicing bending forwards like this is to be tense and kind of uh, looking for the pain and expecting it to happen. Yeah, so it's nice and relaxed, nudge those hips backwards and hip hinge. Okay, now we often recommend that people practice this while brushing their teeth. So brush your teeth and uh, brush your teeth, brush your teeth and hip hinge, and you can get into a nice little rhythm. It's a little bit like patting your head and rubbing your tummy. Uh, some people struggle a little bit with doing the two at the same time, so you might want to start just with a few hip hinges before you introduce the tooth brushing at the same time. There we have it. Now, I could go into particularly the hip hinging topic in greater depth, but we will do in other episodes of the podcast. But I have covered for you today how to bend over with back pain and sciatica. Now, oh, have I? Have I really? Well, um, okay, let's, let's develop it a little bit. God, you can tell it's nearly morning, morning tea time. Thought I'd have a little break there. So let's, let's go back. Let's jump back. You've got to the hip hinging. Um, you've done your hip hinging. Now the next joint that we should bring into play is your knees. Now, this could be a problem if you've got stuffed knees. And um, I'd like to say I can't, I can't, or would I like to say I can help you with that. I can't help you with that within this episode. And of course, we don't specialise in knees. I know quite a lot about knees, but I'm not going to cover what to do if you have dodgy knees as well as a dodgy back. Simply within this episode, we're talking about hinge at the hips first, then start to squat down, okay? And if you put the two together, so the hip hinge and the squat, 
that should bring you reasonably low down without actually bending your back forwards. Okay, so if we're going to do the full sequence, if we're going to incorporate all the different joints, because of course, as you squat, your ankles are moving as well. Um, but if we're going to incorporate them all, I would encourage you to do them in this order. Hinge at the hip first, then bring the squat in quite soon so that you're hinging and squatting at the same time. Sorry, I'm disappearing down below the microphone here. I don't know whether that affects the volume you'll hear at your end or not, but if it does, if I start to get quiet, it's because I'm getting closer to the floor and the mic is attached to the stand. So, hip hinging, squatting and hinging at the same time, and as we go down, 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 then towards the end, you can start to bend your back forwards. And then we come back up by unbending the back and then unsquatting and unhinging at the same time. So the full sequence is initiate with a hinge, then immediately move into the hinge and squat in combination. When you get towards the end of that range of movement, then you can curl your back forwards. To come back from that fully squatted and bent forwards position, you uncurl your back first, then you start to unsquat and unhinge so that you then return to an upright standing position. Okay? Sounds complicated, but just try it. You'll find we have images for this on our website, active-x.co.uk. Probably might find the odd video. You'll certainly find plenty of videos on YouTube on hip hinging and squatting. Um, now, there are other ways of bending over, of course. So one of the safer ways um, is, you know, if your back doesn't like bending forwards, you see golfers do this a lot as they pick the ball out of the hole, is to put all their weight on one foot at the front. So they put one leg behind themselves and lean forwards over that one supporting leg at the front so they can then reach down and retrieve the ball from the hole. And you're using a kind of cantilever effect there, so the weight of the leg behind you offsets the weight of your trunk. And, and at the same time, there tends to be very little actual bending of the lower back in that position. So that's another way of bending over to pick things up, particularly light things like a golf ball or small children's toys that have been left strewn around the floor if you live in my house. Um, but it could be anything. So that's another way of bending forwards is stick one leg out behind you, put your weight down through one the other leg and um, keep a flat back in the process. So that's how to bend over with back pain. We covered revisiting the golden rule, use it but don't abuse it. So don't bend your back forwards if it hurts to do it. Why bending such a problem all to do with shifting the load of what I learned from watching tobacco pickers and the power of the hip hinge. So please use the uh, virtual assistant, otherwise known as a chatbot, on our website, active-x.co.uk, which will help work out what kind of back problem you have, sciatic problem, and which exercises are best for the relief and prevention of that problem. And it will then feed you those exercises. Listen to the Foundation 6 episodes of this podcast if you haven't done so yet. And please give us a review on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you are listening to this, whichever platform you choose. It makes a huge difference to us. Thanks for listening and see you at the next episode. Thanks for listening to the ActiveX Back Show. If you found this helpful, please pass along our web address to your friends and colleagues. Active-x.co.uk.
and please leave us a positive review on iTunes. If you have any questions related to lower back pain or sciatica, send them in and Gavin will aim to answer them in future episodes. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at ActiveXBacks.